Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm so excited you're joining me again for another episode of What's on Your Plate. Today I am having an amazing conversation with my friend Paul Stopko in the very first interview episode of the podcast. I'm really excited to share this with you because Paul has so much insight and so much perspective that you're just going to soak up all the gems and the golden nuggets that he drops throughout this conversation. I'm really excited that I get to share it with you. So without further ado, let's start the conversation. All right. Welcome to What's on Your Plate. I am Sarah, your host. I am here today with uh, Paul Stofko, whom I am lucky enough to be able to call my friend. Um, he is one of the first people that I thought about when I was entertaining the idea of starting a podcast, just because I think he is inspiring on many levels in his life. And uh, lucky for all of you, he agreed to come talk to me today. So <laughs> you all are just as lucky as I am. Um, he is father, husband, exercise physiologist, running enthusiast, winner of several ultra marathons, race director, friend to many, including the LGBTQ plus community. Um, his accomplishments are far too great to list here today, but uh, that is uh, some of his amazingness. So welcome, Paul. Thanks for joining us today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Um, as I said, I, you know, you were one of the first people I thought about when um, I thought about entering this type of journey. And there's just so many things that uh, the way that you live your life and so many ways that I feel like you have overcome and pushed through. And I, you know, I'd love to hear you talk about things like being capable of more than we think we are um, in many, many ways. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I guess for me, you know, uh, I, we mirror, I wear many hats and, you know, there's other stuff right. that we're involved in, but, uh, I think for me, uh, probably when I was younger, uh, I wasn't involved in with a, a lot of different things. And then, you know, as you get older, you know, you become a father, uh, husband and, and those kind of things. And I think for me, uh, you want to get involved with things that you have passion for. So, you know, running has been a, a part of my life since high school. So that has always been um, kind of part of my life. Then that pretty much like fueled me to do my degrees. So first I was nutrition major at Purdue Cal, which is whatever it's a Purdue West, West, whatever heck it is now. Uh, so I had my associate's degree in there, but then I was like, you know what? I wanted to exercise science. And at that time, Purdue Cal didn't have that degree. Now they do have uh, that bachelor's degree. But I said, you know what? I want to go somewhere out of Northwest Indiana. Some random uh, website I went on, I <laughs> found it's a college that was offering that bachelor's degree in, in Flagstaff, Arizona. So I packed my bags and left, uh, you know, here just to kind of go and uh, explore the different areas. I think for me, uh, especially in college, I was able to kind of get away from Northwest Indiana. So you, you know, you experience in different uh, uh, cultures, uh, religions, faiths, those kind of different things. So I think I've had a pretty uh, great life where I can kind of go and meet different people and for their running and all that kind of stuff. And then everything that I've done is kind of around there. So I think I always wanted to make, you know, people aware that, you know, there's so many different things that you can do in your life. You're capable of more than, than you think. And that's kind of like the theme of a lot of the stuff we, that I talk about. Um, even from a small town, you know, growing up in Cherville, did I have any idea what I was going to do and what I do now? No way. <laughs> so I think for me, that was the, the, the thing. I just wanted to kind of experience different everything, you know, uh, areas, people, that kind of different things. And that's why it's kind of led me to, you know, how my life is now. So I have a little bit of uh, dabbling in a little stuff. I'm not a master in anything. I think I'm learning in anything from ultra running to fatherhood to 
uh, husband, uh, to race director, I, I can never say that, oh, you know, I, I, I know everything. I don't. So, <laughs> so I think the people that I hang around with or, or, you know, that I, uh, have part of my life are always a constant encouragement. And I think we have seen this, or I, I think you have maybe you mentioned it. You try to avoid the people that, uh, definitely want to, to look at the bad sides or aspects of life. I mean, you know, again, there's all kinds of bad things that are going on in the world. It's, but it's kind of your life and what you can do to make it better, no matter what aspect of the life, you know, I, I try to do, even in my job, you know, I work with seniors. So for me, uh, that is like an opportunity. When I first started in fitness, I never thought I would end up doing that. <laughs> my big thing was like, I'm going to work with uh, athletes and I'm going to train these like high intensity athletes. Uh, and I did dabble with that when I was in college. But then, um, you know, 13 years ago, I got a, a chance to work with seniors and it wasn't, it was a temporary job. And I thought, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. And uh, I can say, honestly, of all my 25 years in fitness, I mean, that's like the, the greatest time I've ever had is working with seniors. And there's so much stuff that we can learn from um, older individuals. I think they don't give them enough credit, uh, the knowledge that, gosh, I can go on and on about that, my residents that I get to work with every day. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you have just heard so many different stories over the years and met so many interesting people. Mm -hmm. um, I can't even imagine that you could probably write a book. Oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe you will one day. That'd maybe. be an amazing endeavor just to, yeah. to hear the stories of the people that have influenced your life. How do you think that, uh, what do you think is one of the best and worst things about working with that part of the community? Uh, we'll start with the best. <laughs> yes. uh, I can honestly say, uh, being a you know a, a husband and a father, and uh, you know the the knowledge in terms of the individuals that uh, I come to meet, just listen. I think that a lot of people tend to uh, think that seniors they blow them off, like uh, you know, like for instance maybe they don't understand technology or an iPhone or whatever, but the, 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 their life experience, you know, at the age of 80 or 90 is greater than anything that you're going to get on the internet. And, you know, um, I think that is the, the greatest aspect of working with those individuals, just listening. I mean, the stories that they have, you know, most of our residents now, unfortunately, we are in the phase where people that uh, like uh, served in World War II, uh, most of them have passed away uh, in terms of the aspect that I work at. So you, if you did serve and you did see uh, service, you'd probably be like 95, 96. So we only have maybe a few residents like that. Now we're getting to the, uh, we have residents that are like Korean veterans, uh, you know, some in, uh, uh, what do you call it, Vietnam vets. So, I mean, that, that those kind of stories. Um, one in particular that I always can remember, one of our residents, uh, she was in an, an internment camp during World War II. Uh, if you're familiar with that, uh, Japanese Americans at that period, uh, they had the feeling that they were going to be infiltrating the United States. So they put them in intern camps in, uh, in California. And, you know, you would think when I would talk to her, I said, you know, aren't you like mad, you know, being in an internment camp for two years. And she had no ill will towards the United States for, you know, what that occurred. Mm -hmm. And that kind of related to the fact that, you know, God, if you, this lady can forgive the people that did all that for, you know, two years, you know, and, you know, we're, I'm arguing with my brother for some dumb reason. It's like ridiculous, you know? So I think that you, you kind of get in perspective. Now, on the other hand, when, when you work with seniors, the duration that you get to see these individuals, you know, a lot of them are, you know, uh, older individuals, uh, health problems. So, you know, in the 13 years I worked, I've seen, you know, the good, bad and the ugly from people that start off as an independent resident, um, very uh, fit to, you know, going to different levels of care from assisted living to skilled living and then, you know, ultimately passing away, which I mean, that's tough. Um, that was difficult, especially when you're working in general, I was working with people that were fit, you know, middle-aged people that I never would witness that. And, and, but, it, you know, in what my field is, just that's going to happen. Um, or to see people that uh, 
are uh, very active and then they have some dramatic health problems. Uh, Alzheimer's disease is very difficult. It's one of kind of my, you know, things I raise money for the Alzheimer's Association just because I see that every day from people that, you know, that I work with and into terms how that puts a stress on not only them as an individual, but their families. So yeah, the, the positive route ways the negative, I guess, in, in that aspect of what I do, but uh, that is tough, you know, especially I always tell people, you get close to these individuals. My uh, grandparents are no longer with us and they have not been with me or uh, thank God going on 10 years, 10, 15 years. So like when I go to work, I feel like I have another opportunity to see my grandparents and talk about my kids. And, you know, uh, I think that's, that, that's kind of a nice, you have like a huge family, you know, in terms of independent residents, we have like 110. So not everybody comes to the fitness center, but in general, like, you know, I'll come to work and talk about, my son's sock baseball game or my daughter's, you know, cause that's their part of my life. You know, uh, that's like, a, I guess it's for another opportunity that if I ha can't have my grandparents, I can at least, you know, have them as part of my life, you know, in a small way. And then, you know, the nice thing about that is uh, when individuals have people come to visit, for instance, you know, uh, Friday when I worked, there's a lot of families that were coming in town to see their mothers, you know, for Mother's Day at, at our facility. So we get to see their family. And, you know, it's always nice to have people come in and say, you know, my mom appreciates everything you do for her, or, or she loves coming to the fitness center. She loves the little fun things that you do. I mean, that's, you know, you don't get that. At, I mean, I've worked gyms and did all that stuff. I, I mean, I, I enjoyed that, but I guess the appreciation is fairly different uh, with seniors because it's, it's you, you, you. I mean, you get to see them constantly, and, and you know, mm -hmm. they, there's more than just like let's do exercise and go home. Like literally, people come and just like talk. They're coming to my. I'm like kind of like the uh, the the gateway to all the different parts of the facility. We kind of that's we're right in the center of the building. So everybody comes and visits and sits down and talks about something or whatever. So, I mean, I like that when people just come in and it had nothing to do with fitness, but just to come in and chit chat or ask about how my daughter doing her soccer game or, you know, how's your wife doing that kind of stuff. So, right. yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, in some ways, what you do every day is fighting a losing battle, Correct. right? Because you know that um, it, for many of these seniors, um, probably all or most of them, they're not getting better in a way to like end up going home again. Correct. How do you how do you deal with that type of uh, mindset of you know knowing that you're improving their quality of life? I would imagine mm -hmm. uh, day to day, especially sharing your own personal life with them on those levels. Mm -hmm. uh, um, how do you how do you process? the other end of that though knowing that that battle is ultimately not going to be won at least not from a human earthly level. yeah um i think for me i you just try to do the best you can with the you know the time you have left um you know some of them residents you know are independent residents in terms of that are, are you know fairly healthy mm -hmm. um and are very active but then again as you go to different levels of care like uh, assisted living is again we're going to more they have more assisted so their ability to do like out outside activities or go on trips is kind of limited mm -hmm. and then when you get into skill that's like a totally different thing so that in terms of me uh, as an individual skill is very difficult uh, and in general i work with more independent residents um, but before i came to the facility i'm at now I did three years where I just did more, more skilled. And that is, <laughs> that is very difficult because, and then that, and that time we went through COVID and gosh, we had mm. a horrible outbreak. And gosh, I can tell you, like as a healthcare person in fitness, like I never, um, like my, my wife's respiratory therapist. So, uh, they see critical, they see people die and they see that that's not fitness. I mean, we see people pass away because of old age. We don't, and we see past people that were fairly healthy and then they get COVID and then it's just like a horrible, uh, and that particular yeah. time in my life was like, uh, it's tough. Like I go to my lunch hour and cry because it was just difficult to see these individuals. You work with them for years and, and they end up passing away. And uh, that was just tough. Yeah. 
your <clears throat> vulnerability and sharing that. I, I can't imagine, um, you know, that was such a, and continues to be such a hard uh, period of time in our lives. And I feel like people in your position were way more in the trenches of it yeah. day in and day out. And, um, <laughs> you know, being, being with seniors and people at that stage of life is mm -hmm. hard enough, but to see them, you know, making strides and then it's like the door is yeah. just shut. Uh, Correct. You know, it, it reminds me of that that notion of, you know, I always cringe anytime somebody says, oh, it sucks to get old or you don't yeah. want to get old. <laughs> but in my mind, it's what a privilege it is to get old. I mean, the alternative is not desirable. I wouldn't choose to die young. Correct. Um, you know, so that's just something that comes to mind when I think of people in your situation working with people of the aging community that those that are trained and, and capable and passionate about helping them is just, it's just amazing. Yeah. What a service yeah. you're providing. Yeah. Healthcare in general, it's just been kind of a, a tough road. I mean, you know, my wife's been in respiratory therapy probably close to 20 years and, you know, even COVID got to the point where she, you know, she saw all the outbreaks and she saw, you know, mm -hmm. you, you, you know, my wife is pretty to the point where she's, I guess say, I hate to say it, but hardened. Like that would be a nurse, that'd be anybody, a doctor, those kind of different things. I guess when you have COVID, it, even with being seen things that you have seen in the past, it's just the volume and the, and the you know, the despair. Uh, uh, and I guess for me, that was difficult because that's not me. I mean, that's fitness. What? You know, we don't see that. That I mean, mm -hmm. we have people pass away, but to, to see that where it's now, it's like, oh my God, I'm in the falls of, you know, uh, uh, you know, pandemic. And, and, and we, I always tell people when you come to the fitness center, it's like a positive thing. <laughs> right. And uh, that was not, you know, I'm not ready for like uh, bad things and, and, you know, things that are happening and, and trying to deal with that. So for me, that was like, totally like, whoa, like my psyche is not developed to handle <laughs> like that, you know, like my wife can go in, like she can do her job and she can, you know, that's like clinical care or doing CPR or whatever then people pass away and then she goes on to the next person. Well, that's not me. I mean, if, you know, I, I remember it, the bad thing about that particular time is so not only did you have this COVID outbreak, but then you had no family connection with the mm -hmm. individual. Mm -hmm. So you had these like posters on the wall and they're yelling at their family from the parking lot. I, ah, it was just, I mean, I, I, I understand all that in the terms of the procedure, but God, you know, to not go through that, I guess, you know, for me, I, that was something unheard of in a fitness field to have to be like, oh my God, this is not, I don't know how to handle this and emotionally. And, you know, it, it wears on you because you don't, that positivity ain't getting that back. Like, you know, when I would do my job, you know, people would pass away from old age or there's some things they had, you know, uh, uh, problems before. And that was easy to kind of just like, you know, hey, you know, uh, that was understandable. But then with COVID, you had a person that was probably, you know, doing the best that they could in, in terms of the situation to have something just like take them away and then have no family there to, to talk to them. And, and, you know, at that point in their time that they were going to pass away, nobody there. Oh, it's got awful. I yeah, that was tough. I remember that that time I was like and that kind of hate to say it, but <laughs> when another position opened up to work with more independent residents, I took it because I felt like I, I just can't do that again. I just can't, mm -hmm. you know, even though I still work with skilled, it's a very small segment of what I do now. Mm -hmm. I, I primarily, primarily do independent residents because we can do fun things. Like, I don't know, we had grilled cheese sandwich day. Uh, we have hamburger day coming up, yeah. Th that kind of stuff. Uh, we can go out and do, we took them to the dunes to do a, you know, um, a presentation over at the uh, the lake sorry the nature center that that is what i missed when i was gone away from that independent residence and it kind of pushed me into like you know what i i, I can't do this anymore. i can't work skilled all the time that's just not me yeah. and it's very difficult because then with those people that you work with in skilled care is you would see them you would like take them down to the fitness center work work do your whatever they needed to do in terms of exercise you take them back to the room and that was your only interaction. You didn't have any like uh, long conversations about their family or what they did for a living or whatever. And I'm like, you know, I, 
as a working with independent, you know, residents for most of my time, I need to get back to that because I needed to, you know, listen and talk and, and be interactive, not just like, okay, your 30 minutes is up. I got to get back to the next person. And that was just kind of how I did it. That's, that mm -hmm. wasn't me. And I, you know, it, it made me like think, you know what, I, I just, I got to personally to be emotionally, uh, to get away from that, I needed to do more independent. And then when I went back, I felt like this is what I need to do. I mean, I felt like this is home and I had, you know, I enjoyed that. I, I, you miss that interaction with skilled. I mean, I, God love those people, but it was just so difficult to be like, mm -hmm. here's your segment. I'm off to the next person. Here's your segment. Mm -hmm. I'm off to the next person. There is no, like, you know, you may see them in the hallway or whatever, but it's not like you're sitting down, you know, when I have independent residence, you know, my office is in the fitness center. So literally I just walk to my desk and if people want to talk to me, they could talk to me and they could come and see me. But with skill, it's like, they're in my room, they're out of my room, they're in my room, out of room. there is mm -hmm. no like, you know, thing. So I, I think for me at that point in my career, I'm like, you know what? I just, I can't, I just can't do it. You know, some people can do that. It's just not, you know, and then I think that took a toll on everything from your positivity to your anger to, you know, so much stuff was going on. It was just like, I don't know. It was just a bad time. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that I was like, you know, on the verge of emotional breakdown, but I can definitely say it put a damper on who I was and who I am. And, and I just needed to get out of that situation. So I, yeah. I you know, I have no qual. I mean, I, I've, you know, been more independent, like September of last year, I started with more the facility I'm at with had primarily more uh, independent residents. And I never looked back. It was like, that's what I can do. That's the interaction from, the residents and even the staff, you know, um, when we did a lot of skilled stuff, you just see the staff periodically, but now in the fitness center, we're just like kind of the hub of everything. So um, that's what I enjoy. I mean, I guess, you know, God bless anybody that can do the, the healthcare and, and the nurses and my wife and all that, but that's just, I don't know. I, 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 I all there, I just remember just a lot of times just, oh, God, yeah, it's just horrible. Just a horrible, like you, know, you dwell on that at home. You dwell on that on your lunch, and I don't know. Just was something that was not my forte. So I'm well, glad where like, I'm at. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like you found um, you for sure solidified your niche and who Correct. you want to help in, in that type of field and environment. And you know, it, honestly, I, I'm not sure. It it does take. Um, a special kind and honestly it humanizes you to know that you you can't just because much to popular dispopular belief i mean many people feel like you're superhuman in a lot of ways especially yeah. as it pertains to running <laughs> um you know you have some extra chip that the rest of us don't mm -hmm. um knowing that you're human you know i think comforts yeah. some of us on some correct ways. but correct how does running play a part in that? I mean, do you in part run for the reason to process all of the hard things in your life and all of the stress in your life? Why do you choose to do what you do in that regard? I think, uh, you know, uh, I, had this, I had a discussion with somebody the other day and uh, their running for them in particular is to get like awards and medals. And I, I remember maybe in my early stages of my career, when I started running, when I was young, that was big. And then, um, you know, then I started doing ultras. So, you know, ultra distances, you know, anything above the marathon distance, consider that. So then I, I kind of, that was never big to me in terms of getting like whatever awards, you know, I'm always happy to do well. Um, but in terms of, like you said, I, I think it emotionally, it, it, it evens me out <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, to the point where uh, I am more uh, a person that looks internally as I run longer distances and the, the, the whole aspect of, you know, time and, and uh, placing and, and all that is not the, the main goal. I mean, yeah, I, I, I was one great but uh it's especially the distance that you know when you go like beyond like the 100 miles or and those kind of things there's a lot of time by yourself to really find out who you are mm -hmm. and uh i you know and i've had bad situations where i had to drop out of a 200 miler uh and then uh, i came back and a couple years later did it again and you know and horrible weather and finished it so there are times in my 
and especially uh, during COVID, you know, that I mean, definitely I, running. I never have any had ever taken a break from running. Running has been like entwined in my life. So if if they're even after like a big break, so like say I do a hundred miler, for me it's like an after a week I just get edgy, edgy to the point where. Uh, running is just it, it's this part of me so if I don't do it then I just yeah I don't know it'd be like emotional control in terms of uh help me process like things that I just can't do at the moment so I think for these long distance runs I get to do that you know and, and you have a lot of time you know either by yourself or with friends or whoever and you know and sometimes you even with people that you're running with when you're long runs you're not talking to them they're just like leading you and you're just in your own little world and I think that uh, that's why I always enjoyed ultras I kind of got into the point where that's my race uh, five ten k's just not this it's just too uh tied into time and pace and all that ultras is like you go out there and you're just like you have a, no, a whole other world you have a uh, it's, it feels like yeah, there's a whole life that goes on and for 24 hours or however long out there, it's just a, you know, and I think for me that, that balances me out, uh, you know, it, cause I try to be, you know, as positive as possible in most of my, uh, endeavors. So, um, you know, and, and I can tell, uh, a lot of people, uh, there might be some aggressiveness or, or, or meanness that does come out when I don't do that stuff. So that definitely helps me out. Cause I think a lot of times too, I get frustrated with something that's going on with, with, with ever. And I can tell you when I go out for a run, that just takes me back. It's like, yeah, all right, you know, just work it out, you know, work it out in your mind. And, and I think that that is the, the aspect of running that, that is important to me. And that has come over uh, years, you know, I'm, I think I started running when I was 15 and now I'm 46. So, yeah. So, you know, you, you, I think as a runner, you change, you know, you, you look upon running differently for me now, it's like a, a stress relief and uh, uh, opportunity to go out and think about different things. I, you know, a lot of the races that I develop for as a race director come to me through running, you know, just running and thinking, well, that would be a good idea, or we should run over there or something like that. So, and the same thing for like work related stuff or stuff at home. I think if I, if I, I don't, I, I when I'm on my runs, I can dwell with it and just kind of use, you know, I'm in my own little world to kind of figure out what's going to kind of be the best outcome for me in terms of what I need to do for this particular, you know, project or kids or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, it's like that notion of um, I really like to think back on movement provides clarity, clarity provides action, action mm -hmm. provides success. Um, it just all sort of all snowballs together. Yeah. And, you mm -hmm. know, once you create that space for yourself mentally to actually think about the things and, and process them, feel like it's much easier to move forward towards those goals or things that you want to accomplish. Yeah. Would you say for you, running is almost like your form of medication? Yeah, I think that's my my Zen is a Zen moment, as I like to say, but my religion, I guess you can say as well. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I definitely think that 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 works for me. And and I, and I ever you know some people use running as a, like a very competitive thing, and I think that we we have mentioned this before. I think a lot of times when people hear about stuff I do I feel like they think I am like this guy that just goes great and I this is the issue that I always have when I talk to people that I first meet them they know of me uh not me you know they they see the things posted or they all they know this guy ran 200 miles whatever and then I meet him for the first time and they said I don't think I can run with you because I think you're going to run me in the ground or whatever <laughs> And I, that drives me on, and I talk, Aaron, me and Aaron uh -huh. together. And I talked to Aaron, I said, I just don't understand why people always think that. And then I, we bite them out. I bite people out all the time for runs that we do. And I feel like, man, they just don't want, I mean, I understand if you don't want to run with us, that's fine. But I feel like these people think that I'm going to drive them to prove a point. <laughs> and I, and you know who I am. I would never right. do that. If you're coming to run and you're new to running and just come with us. And I, I, I that drives me like bad. Like I'll meet people at races and they like, this is they, they have this impression about me as this like oh well you know we can't run with you know, and I, yeah. I don't know I always like running with different people and that oh, I, I think I run into a lot of uh, resistance towards me and I don't understand it and I well and I, I can never... tell you why it happened <laughs> I'll tell you right now why, why okay it happens, go ahead Paul. Um, 
I love running with you. I miss running with you. You know, hopefully you can get back to that one day, but on the surface for people who don't know you, correct. you can be highly intimidating because <laughs> of your accomplishments. Um, they don't know how humble you are and mm -hmm. how just arms wide open, you yeah. know, embrace anybody that wants to run type of guy you are. Yeah. So I would say for sure, anybody that is new to running, new to you, new to the trails yeah. um, and the inkling enters their mind of running with Paul Stofko, because yeah. let's face it, you are sort of a local running legend, yeah. um, probably nationally as well, because I know that the ultra running community is tight knit. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of a big deal for newbies, you know, yeah. to be kicking out miles next to a guy like you. Yeah. Um, but hopefully people can get past that about them because you're yeah. one of the best people to run with in, from my experience. Um, and yeah, you just kind of accommodate people. You just meet them right where they're at. Yeah. And that is something very unique uh, yeah. for, for, uh, for you, I think. Yeah. Cause I, I, there was a couple of times that I, what I try to do sometimes is I, I go to group runs, like say, let's say Michigan city or LaPorte, which, uh, and I, I don't tell anybody who, you know, if they don't know who I am, that's fine. And I just run with them and they're like, Oh, you know what? There's some guy that, that does these two miles, 200 miles. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Those guys are crazy. And I love that because I love to, to be like, just, I'm just another runner at that point. And right. then they don't know who I am. So we just run together and you know, we have discussions and, and then they, maybe they're new to the running community. They don't know who I am. So that's, I think that's nice. I always, yeah, I, I don't know why I, I, I'm always welcoming people, but yeah, that does get, not that I'm mad at people that think, I just feel like I don't ever want that people to be fairly intimidated, but again, you know, yeah, we do these long stuff, but you know, I, I always enjoy another group that I don't know really well. And there's always good conversation, you know, uh, that's what running is, you know, and the, you know, whatever aspects and, you know, and we'll get a lot of, like, I get just quite, you know, I get questions all the time about doing particular races or whatever. I mean, that's, you know, I coached before. So yeah, I, I, I'm always open to, I, I, there's no like hidden secret or, or, or uh, my, my, uh, my runs are like, uh, you can't see them on Strava or something ridiculous like that. You can go on Strava and look on my, whatever I do every day I post some of my stuff on my line or whatever but yeah it, it is funny because then the th the funny thing now is a lot of people know me as a race director and then when I come out to a run and, and do a race they're like oh my god you're a, a pretty good runner and I said <laughs> well yeah that's <laughs> I said you only know me as a race director now uh you know uh, I'll run a trail race here and there but I just don't do it as often as as thing I you know I still get, get you know can be halfway decent on a, a shorter distance stuff but it is funny because everybody comes in you know you go to those small race and everybody's like oh my god balls here and I'm like oh Jesus come on relax everybody I just come to, I just like this is a training run or whatever I yeah I it is funny, but then sometimes I feel like I just don't want people to be like, I can't approach this person because he's whatever. And it's not, and you know, I, yeah, and you can vouch for that. I've never been sure. like, you know, uh, uh, if you got a question or something that I'm totally willing to everything that I tell you that, well, you know, we have these great experiences as, as runners from different events that we do. And I've never been like, Oh, I'm not going to talk, you know, tell you about that or whatever, but you know, I've always been willing tell you and you know i i think for me as a runner and especially as an ultra runner you make mistakes like i mean i make mistakes like every year like last year i had a race just you know got dehydrated and threw up and you know everybody's like oh you know i said that still stuff happens i think that, that that's the nice thing about you on any given day you can have the greatest race in your life or you can just be like God, I just want to get through this and get done. Even me, I have horrible races and stuff like that, or do stupid stuff that I shouldn't do. Um, and I think that, <clears throat> I think I like to, you know, I don't shy away from that. I think a lot of times um, when people look at Facebook and we always talk or social media and just in general, we always harp on the positives, which I do enjoy the positive. But if I have a bad race, I say, you know what? I did stupid things. I threw up and did this stuff, but I finished, you know, so I think that if you show that there's weakness or, or, or things that can go wrong, even for a person that's been running for a long time, I think that helps to, to bring people in the fold like, hey, this guy, 
been running, you know, all this time and he even makes mistakes because that's your human. You just, you know, whatever you, uh, and I, I, I tend to get, there's some aspects of where I get a little cocky, like, oh, I, you know, I can eat this or I can do this and it won't be fun. Then I, you know, screw up or get sick or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well then that, you know, I even make those mistakes. No so I think self. that, yeah, yeah. And that helps. I hope that helps when I post stuff like that, where like, hey, you know, even Paul has a bad day, you know, it's all right. You can have a bad day. And I think can. it probably does help. And not that anybody wishes for you to have, no, you know, no. anything but success, but again, it does kind of humanize you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think so many people are scared to make Make mistakes it's it's yeah. like a primary reason that people don't start something that they're passionate about because they're mm-hmm. worried about the perfectionism or yeah. having all their ducks in a row or just wanting to right out the door be perfect yeah. and it's okay to make mistakes it's okay to fall you know it's mm-hmm. more about getting up and trying again and i feel like people just are scared to to do that um i think it has a lot to do with them feeling like they're judged yeah. Um, and the fact that you put your, I don't, I hesitate to even call them shortcomings because <laughs> I mean, anybody that's towing the line at a hundred or 200 mile races doesn't have shortcomings in that yeah. regard, but you know, anybody that's willing yeah. to just be transparent and real about the experience of it all. And that, um, you know, yeah, I, I've been running for 30 plus years, but I still, you know, screw up my hydration or nutrition mm. or, or whatever it is, but I, you know what, I'm going to just keep going and, you know, go on to run another day is empowering to people to know that, that they can do that too. And that's okay. It's like giving themselves permission to fail in order to try again. Right. Yeah. Cause we don't get to where we are with anything in life unless you fail multiple times. Correct. And I, I, I think that when I started race directing, you get humbled pretty darn quickly from either people like emailing you uh, something about your race to uh, whatever maybe. And I think that that was a, a unique experience. Like I started, I think my first directing was uh, 2008 and I was still in Colorado and I had a race out there. That was my first like one that I actually did my whole self, you know, like ran the whole show. And uh, that aspect of directing has uh, a new appreciation and, and coming in as a runner, it has, you have a great advantage to understand like, you know, what runners would want or whatever. But, you know, I think for me, um, we, I was just having a discussion with Tim Field. So Tim and I run sometimes during the week. And I was saying that our races, his races and mine are, are unique to our personalities. So if you're going to Tim's race, there are unique things that Tim will have to his race that are unique to him. And for mine, I have unique things like trails and, and like water crossings and craziness. That's just my, me as uh, my persona is coming up onto as a race director. And I can't, I can't be Tim and Tim can't be me, which is great. That's just the way it is. But that, that's the nice thing about you have these choices and whatever in terms of running, if you want to have a, a road race or you want to come out and do some crazy thing that I put together, like a 5K and you run through the pond or something like that, mm-hmm. it's Stony Run or something like that. I think that was nice aspect for me as a race director to have a lot, another aspect of my life or my personality as being a race director. That's just the, the you know, my, my thing is in terms of my races. I want to emphasize that, you know what, they're crazy and all, but you know, you're not going to get this at your 5k, you know, uh, road race that they have every weekend. This is unique. This is like trails. This is the nature. This is tough. This is, you know, if you finish, it's, it's a great accomplishment. Who cares what the time is, you know? So yeah, slowly, but surely we're getting some people over to, to my side, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see, you know, it's trail running and, you know, and, and that has, uh, a lot of my ideas or things that I envision, you know, come from, you know, living in Colorado, uh, going to school in Arizona and Flagstaff, that community is super strong in terms of outdoor activities and out at trails. So for me, it's like, all right, I just want to kind of shove the Northwest Indiana community a little bit more to make it like, you know, let's, you know, there's a bunch of parks that are available here in North Indiana that nobody takes advantage of. I mean, a lot of the races that we have, people don't even know, I've never heard of them or, oh, oh my God, I didn't know this was back here. So I think that's also a nice aspect of, in terms of what I do as race director is introducing people to, to areas that they're probably close to their house. They never even thought about, and, and you know, maybe you don't have to run there, but you can 
bring your family for a walk or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we get to the point where we think just the dunes and that's it. Dunes and the trails and the dunes. No, there's all kinds of tr- like little smaller trails throughout the, you know, Lake Porter, Laporte counties that, that nobody is there. And so when I started doing the races, I went to all the parks departments and said, hey, what parks do you feel like they don't get used much? And let's see if we can have a race there. And they were all for it because they want people to come. I mean, that's why the parks are there. Let's let's use them. Mm-hmm. I love that you sort of just bring it back to the region. Um, I, you know, I noticed your Indiana Coast hat you're wearing this oh, yeah. today, too, you know, kind of. Uh, we're in that loud and proud in support of uh, this area of the world. And, you know, when you have traveled to different places where the terrain might be a little bit more in line with what people might think of as trail running or ultra running, um, it's cool to bring it back to sort of where your roots are at. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, uh, I'll be out in Colorado in a month from now to direct the race that I, you know, own since I, you know, lived out there. And it's it's unique the the group that we get out there in terms of Colorado to people you know in Indiana I mean that particular race you can get you know it's easily in trail running it's just it's a big you know uh, usage out there for trails I mean the trail the trail system that we use for this particular race in Colorado and Loveland Colorado uh, receives like over like the two million visitors you know in a in a and and it's just a it's a trail system that interconnects to all their different uh, towns and cities. And, you know, just like how we do with like a lot of the stuff they're trying to accomplish here. So uh, I always like to go, especially when I'm in town is to get ideas for races or how they do it, or what is the big trend? Um, I see a lot of, uh, and we see this now, uh, 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 pairings of like uh, uh, beer and trail running. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that was fairly common when I lived out in Colorado and in and, and, and Arizona, that was like, you know, 10, 15 years, they kind of like, we're starting that. And then we're now we're seeing that more, like, not only as a, a aspect in terms of uh, doing like a difficult race, but the camaraderie after with, you know, alcohol, <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> in moderation, please. I mean, whatever but, gets you out on the trails, right? Correct. And I think that is sometimes you need that, that, that camaraderie is like, Hey, let's do this trail and you can hang out and talk about it. I think that's the aspect that I like with my races is like, I'll meet people that know nothing about what I do as a runner, but they know me as a race director. And they're like, Hey, I did your one of those crazy races that you put me in a pond. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that was one of my, <laughs> you know? So I like that aspect. Like they have the instant memory of that particular race because of the uniqueness of it. And that's, that, that, that's what my races I want. Either there's a theme or the terrain or something like that to, to you makes you kind of come back. And then, you know, that, that's kind of how I feel like out west that we have to kind of bring that here we have the camaraderie where it's not like you run the race and go home it's more like you run the race and you hang out and talk about like man i'll remember that crazy hill or whatever as you enjoy your beverage or whatever and i think Mm -hmm. that that was what i enjoyed when i lived out there and i see that here as well but sometimes you know with like a five or ten k road race it's like you do something and then you know you're, you're off you know I, I like the whole like just you know I think that's a big ultra running thing as well um, you know because we're out there for a long period of time you have family out there I mean we tent camp I'm, I slept in a sleeping bag you know for my 200 like on the on the you know on the trail right there I mean that's like it's a home basically you're like set up like a tent camp system out there and everybody's in it for to finish you know so you have that camaraderie um, you know, that, that aspect, I, that's why I enjoy a lot of the trail running and the ultras just because of that, you know, you'll find somebody that is, uh, you know, from some other place in the United States, but you become best friends by the end of your, you know, 200 miler because you saw them like a gazillion times or, you know, uh, you helped them or gave them some Advil or something like that. You know, I think that's the aspect that I, that's why I enjoy what I do now I mean you know I'll still throw a periodic like five or 10k but that doesn't have the thrill to me as as doing a trail run and especially a long distance one too so um and I think that everybody has to find their niche or what they enjoy I mean I have no qualms about people that just do you know road races but I always try to encourage people to come out at least try a, a trail, just something different. You know, it's mm-hmm. something unique and, you know, maybe you like it, maybe you don't. I've had some people, um, 
uh, has some choice words for me after certain races they have done <laughs> of mine, and that's fine. If they, maybe you tried it, you, you didn't like it, then uh, that's fine. As well. well, it's no reflection on you, right? It's just a no, reflection no. of themselves and, and uh -huh. what they enjoy or don't enjoy. So Correct. that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you need to kind of try it out. If that's not your cup of tea, that's fine. You know, that same thing with me. I, I, you know, I am always kind of like, all right, what's the next big thing? You know, a lot of these now in ultra community now, the 200 miler is kind of the new hundred, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so everybody's doing that. And now there's races that are like multi-day and uh, there's 250 milers. Then there's the last, like the last person standing is a, another popular uh, race in, in kind of our genre. And I think that we, I, you know, <clears throat> I think we're more, uh, you know, when I first started in my first ultra in 1998, we were very small community. We are still very small, but we are more uh, out there, I guess, in terms of uh, people understanding the ultra community and trail running and that kind of stuff. It's slowly kind of creeping into every aspect. And I think that's nice. I, uh, when I first started off, you know, the technology that we have for uh, hydration packs and headlamps and all that stuff, I remember running a couple of my first hundreds and we carried flashlights for, you know, that, I mean, come on. And you didn't have any, like, uh, you had Gatorade, which, you know, I still use, but, um, now there's like gazillion and gels were never, uh, we, I can honestly remember running the Western States in 2004. And back then there was no really gel products. So what we used to do is we'd take the power bars, you know, the ones that were really like horrible, like, you know, like yes the big black i remember <clears throat> and you would cut them up and you'd hold them in your hand and then the heat from your hand would make them more pliable so you could actually eat them and that's just there you go that's kind of how we did it but then you know i think that's the, the interesting aspect of that is like there was some person that was probably at that race was like you know what i can go in my kitchen and i could make i don't know a cliff bar or something like you know or come up with a gel that could be a package you know and i think that's the that's the cool thing about innovation is people like me were just in these races when i was racing and they came up like hey they're in their kitchen like trying to figure out like how to make bars and how to make gels and all that and then these companies yeah. came about so i think that that is cool i mean that that's the nice thing about um those kind of races you're thinking oh my you know we were on the cusp of there's somebody out there thinking of that. And, you know, same thing. They had a passion for what they did. And then they kind of said, you know what? And I can imagine, you know, there's probably many stories of those people like making bars and gels and all that that started off and they had the, you know, years and years and years and trying to figure out the exactly how to make that product available or how to package it and all that stuff. So, I mean, that's, it's kind of nice to be like, oh yeah, our, our early stages kind of push somebody to, to find the passion to, you know, make a whole business out of it. Yeah. They can imagine that. I mean, that's crazy. Well, that kind of brings it back to what I said earlier about, you know, being willing to try and fail. I mean, yeah. there's a difference between people that are complaining about what is not there versus those that are um, creating what is not there. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one of the reasons that my storefront Lee Lulo's opened is because yeah. I wanted to go out to eat and there weren't enough vegan places in the area really none so yeah. i'm like okay well i'm just gonna create that space then <laughs> yeah. you know so showing up in a way in your life where you're doing less complaining and more doing i think is fantastic so thank god for the evolution of running products yeah, <laughs> to yeah. what they are today as in vegan food as well mm -hmm. um paul what in your life are you unwilling to compromise on Ooh, that's a good one um i think my beliefs um you know, uh, I, I tend to be, uh, even though I'm like positivity is like my big thing. If I see wrong injustice, those kind of different things, you know, I think that, that everybody's like, oh, well, you know, Paul's just a nice guy and do that, but I, I am. But if I see some things that I believe that, uh, are just don't go with what, you know, my internal moral compasses, then I'm going to say something. And I think that uh, you can't compromise your moral integrity just for some reason that is, you know, whatever, financial gain or whatever that may be. So I think that for me, that's just kind of, and then, you know, the aspects in terms of that. So like, you know, the love is love. 5k you know we support the lbgt community with donating money from that um i like cats so one of our races we donate to the cat shelters um 
you know, uh, uh, the Bigfoot 5K, we do outdoor uh, Afro, which is basically a organization that promotes um, African-Americans and outdoor activities. So the nice thing about uh, as a race director, I can do whatever I want in terms of supporting the people that are organizations or people individual that 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 pretty much are the same thing that I support. So I think you can't compromise on what you believe in. And there's people going to be like, well, I don't agree with this or that. I mean, that's ultimately that's their decision and their opinion, but I got to do what I got to do kind of thing. So I think for me, um, that is a nice aspect of, of like race directing is you can kind of like uh, go out there and, and support those people. And then, you know, dunes is also, you know, the, the dunes and uh, we do beach cleanups and that kind of stuff. That's also another big thing for me as well. So um, I think for me, I, I, I want to incorporate whatever I do into like my moral compass to, and, and, and keep doing that kind of things. And, you know, it, I always tell people, um, you know, <clears throat> one of the things that I always like to do, and then I, I post this on my wall, which is kind of morbid, but uh, I was in a creating writing class like 15 years ago, and they recommend every five years you write your obituary. And in your obituary, you try to look at what aspects that you've been doing. And again, your obituary will grow as you get older in terms of your career or whatever. So when you look over that obituary, is there some aspects in your life that you're going to be remembered for that are not fully developed, something that you want to be known as, you know, work is work and that will be whatever, but the person or the, you know, what you want to be remembered as for whatever, uh, I think that little like skilled writing thing that you do by looking like writing your obituary will kind of be like, oh my God, there's maybe aspects that uh, I need to focus in on. And then as you get older, again, that, you know, I think for me, I look internally more so than I did when I was younger. And that, that comes with the, what I do as a job, as a runner, a husband and a wife, and I, well, uh, not a wife, but yeah, husband and <laughs> being married. But, um, I think that, that, you know, that, that's where you, you kind of start to go, okay, you know, um, you know, nobody's going to remember you for like, hey, you know what? Paul did a great job at work. I mean, sure, I did. But <laughs> I want to remember some more than like, like encouraging people to kind of follow their passions and, and that kind of stuff. So I think for me, as I get older, that's where I'm st starting to look like, okay, um, you know, uh, people, Paul never compromised in what he believed in. And if, if that's something that, that, you know, that, that you get from what I do, then, then that's a, a good thing, you know um materialistic and stuff like that's never been big on my list i think for me um i just i i, I want people to like you know we talk to, to follow your passions to, to never compromise in terms of what your beliefs are um those are important things those are you know something you'll you know you can't put that on a you know like a, i got a new tv set or look at this car i got or whatever like that and, and some people that that's materialistic stuff is is their forte but man oh man that's i'd rather be known as a good human you know <laughs> and that well, i, I think that i think that task of writing your obituary every five years is yeah. is something that i'm certainly going to put into my circulations of things that i grow from yeah um wow what an what an amazing if i mean that is like one of the single most i feel like important things that you can do for yourself the more i think about that that is that's amazing that is like such a tool to mm -hmm. learn about your own growth and correct what you've done with your time have you used your time or have you wasted your time mm -hmm. you know it's like that notion um something that you've said recently is what we leave behind is not as important as how we've lived mm -hmm. what a what a way to put things in perspective yeah yeah new obituaries like this is the end all come all so the uh, you know, when I was younger, I never really thought about obituaries, but as I get older, I read them often because a lot of my residents are in there. And a lot of the time, the residents really don't really talk about their lives and what they did. And I only found out a lot of stuff about them in those obituaries, about the career they had, or, um, you know, they, uh, worked on secret projects during World War II or they did that, or they traveled the world. And, you know, the, those aspects, it's almost like, 
you're getting a snapshot of those individuals that you thought you kind of knew fairly well, maybe knowing them for years working with them, but then the obituary comes out and you're like, oh my God, I not know he worked this or he did this for 50 years or he was a woodworker, you know? Um, so I think that you, you, those obituaries, you know, just reading them give you a snapshot of that person's life. So, you know, if, if you're doing this like creative writing thing as you're looking at it, that, that, that obituary that you write, that gives a person that maybe knew nothing about you a snapshot of what you did or what you, what kind of person you were, whatever that may be. So, and that's the last, that's the last thing you're going to get. You're gone dead. They're going to be reading that and you're going to be like, oh, wow. You know, Paul sounds a kind of interesting, he had an interesting life that, and that's the aspect that I always like about obituaries. Like, wow, there's some, you know, interesting things that happened in this individual's life. Like, and, you know, they overcome diversity or whatever, or they were married for 70 years or, you know, they, whatever they may do. I think that's, that, 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 that encompasses your life and how many paragraphs, I guess. Right. <laughs> and then, and then I can tell you, like, as I've gotten older, some of the aspects that were important to me as, as, as younger, those are omitted. Like, who cares? Like, uh, you know, the, I did this, but it's like, ah, that's not really important to me anymore. Um, right. th- th- you know, cause you didn't have kids and you weren't married. So the obituary would be very small. I mean, technically when I first started in college, um, you know, you only could do so much. Your life experience were very small, but then every five years, there's dramatic things that happen from marriage to kids to, you know, whatever happens in your life, good, bad, and all that kind of stuff. So, and I know for me, um, like my writing in terms of um, what I did um, in college was I started to journal like my days, you know, mundane things to, to very dramatic things. And um, I kind of fell out of that. And then during COVID, I started to go back. So I was journaling from probably like for 10 or 11 years through college and my first jobs and my uh, relationship with my wife when I was dating her and then my kid's birth. And then I kind of stopped. And then after COVID, I was like, I remember watching some uh, somebody given a presentation. They said, journal, you should go back and journaling. You know, the, the, you'll look back on these and and, you know, those moments in time um, that when you write down the journal, you kind of, they start to fade. But then when you go back to the journal, everything kind of comes back. So I've been, I try to write every week something about what's going on. And I'll, and, and most of mine were like really mundane stuff. Like, you know, I went on the state and did this. And <laughs> now I'm like, well, there's a, you know, uh, Russia invaded Ukraine, you know, this is the, you know, that kind of stuff. So I tried to, now I'm more like looking at the whole world of what's going on at that time. So God knows who's going to read these journals. Maybe my kids will, but that'll give you like a slight slice of the pie in terms of what's going on in that particular thing where maybe I'm looking internally at what's going on in my life currently. But then as the broad spec, like we have a, you know, a pandemic and this is how I feel. This is, you know, whatever. So I think that my hope is when my kids read it, they understand like, you know, what was I going or what was I thinking? You know, I, that would be great. You know, I would love to, you know, my parents still alive, but I would love to hear my like 40 year old dad. Now my dad's 81. So that would be, you know, that perspective in terms of that, you know, like, oh, you know, that I think journaling is great. If you can get into that, you know, writing the obituary is great, but the journaling, even the mundane things, who knows what your kids will think about the mundane things to them. Yeah. They get, they get to know who you were as that person that, in that particular aspect of your life. And I know <clears throat> I look back at my journals from like the late nineties to now, and my writing styles change to more of like, uh, uh, internally looking at like things that are going on in the world where in the nineties, I could care less. Was right. <laughs> I was like that mundane or like, I want to get through my chemistry test without failing, or, uh, I'm going to run a 50 miler this week. And that was pretty much it. Now I'm like, okay, you know, uh, look at the you know aspects of you know what's going on in, the, in, the, in our town or developments and stuff like that like stuff I would never in my right 20s have well it's amazing so. where you're at at different points in your life and what's important to you and what resonates and what doesn't correct but what I love about uh the notion of journaling and wondering who's going to read it at some point is you know people have the, uh, you know, the idea of an inheritance potentially, mm-hmm. um, receiving something from people that have passed that they've left behind. I feel like finding a box full of journals from my parents would be far more valuable to me 
than physical things or monetary inheritance. I mean, mm-hmm. just to have the richness of knowing somebody's life, especially somebody that you loved and cared for, that's that's an amazing, an amazing thing to do. Yeah. Paul, I have one more question for you. Sure. Um, what, if you have a chance to encourage people to change their mindset on, what would it be? Mm. Um, I would say that in general, uh, if you have a passion for whatever that may be, uh, you need to pursue it. And I think that, the, you know, we've talked about this. Um, there's a lot of difficulty. I mean, I, from running or race drag, whatever I end up doing in my life, God, there's been so much setback and things that go wrong, uh, my career, that kind of stuff. So I think that I try to encourage, and, and I always tell people, they think that, I think people get the aspect of like, when I talk about what I do, it was very easy, like a straight, it was a straight linear road to where I wanted to go. There was like this. <laughs> I mean, I stayed pretty much uh, consistent of what I wanted to do. I wanted to help people. That was my big thing. When I was out of high school and going into college, I wanted to help people. So whatever that career ended up being, I, you know, that's what I kind of end up doing, you know, but uh, I think a lot of people get so hung up on, um, well, you know, if I fail and all that kind of stuff, I'm like, well, geez, that's, I think that in, in my aspect, in terms of my life, every failure, every bad thing that happened to me, that's like a tapestry of, of your life. And if you were to, you know, see, people always want to go back and be like, well, if I did this or that and things would be better. I say, hell no. I would rather have all the bad things happen to me in my life because each one was like a learning to, you know, aspect or lesson in my life to make it better. And I think that, <clears throat> like I always tell people, your life's kind of big tapestry, like a, a you know, kind of, a, if you think of knitting, it's like a big thing. If you start to pull on that string about like, well, I want to take this away or that away, or, or I, I regret that I did that. Um, that's not your life. The, those, the, the, what you become now from your past, all those bad things and good things that occurred in your life make you who you are now. So I think that's the, 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 the issue that I always have with people, people just scared. I mean, I get it. I mean, I'm, there's stuff that I do and I'm like, holy, yeah, I don't know if this is going to work out. And I've had things that didn't work out. I'm like, Ur. I remember uh, a good aspect. I was like dead set on having the trail fest where uh, in Colorado, it's very popular. We have these like three day kind of things where you have like an expo and you have like races and you have like, you know, it's like a big camaraderie kind of thing. So I had like the place like rented and I was getting people to speak. And then COVID hit. And then <laughs> that was the end of that. So then uh, I never did go, you know, so I was like, ah, so then, you know, for me, I'm like, all right, this is it's in my back burner with all the other stuff I want to do. So I'm like, you know what, I got to It's that that pretty much took a hit like, oh, my God, that was I really had all this effort and time and then COVID hit. And, you know, what are you going to do? So um, it's a setback. And, you know, again, I'll, uh, that'd be something when I want to do in the future. But uh, you're just going to have that setbacks and you're just going to I, I, I tell people, gee, you know, <clears throat> I think and this comes back to my seniors is never live with regret. And that was one of the aspects that I <clears throat> always saw in my residence where, you know, I wish I did this. I wish I did that. But now I'm 90 and I can't do it. And that I remember many of my residents would tell me, do it, whatever it may be, even if it doesn't work out or whatever, go on this trip or whatever. If you have the advantage of doing it, do it because you're going to be at a point in your life that you're not going to be able to do it. And you're just going to like, you know, you don't want to live with that regret. And there's a lot of people that that I residents where they did stuff that everybody told them not to do or that's dumb or whatever. And they did it and they became successful or they had setbacks or whatever, but they never regretted the decision that they did back then. So I think that that comes back to my job. I get to hear that often. So when I have some crazy idea and I said, you know what, what the heck, what's the worst can happen? If it doesn't work out and it doesn't work out, maybe then it leads you to something else or leads you to people that, um, will do something or give you an idea or something in, in terms of the, you know, career. Um, I think everything that I've done and the mistakes that I've made, something's good to come out of it eventually. Not that at the time I wasn't thinking <laughs> good things, right. but yeah, everything good came out of that. So I guess in terms of the aspect, you know, just do what you, you, you want to do. There's, 
you know, uh, you don't want to be, especially coming from a person that works with older individuals, you don't want to regress when you get older because they, they, they'll eat at you. They're, you. You think that you'll have, you'll have a different life and you can't do that now that you're, you're in your, you know, 80s or 90s or something like that. So let's yeah, live a, you know, a life where, you know, live that you lived and be able to do what you wanted to do, you know, and, and you'll never regret it when you get older. Well, this has been such a gift, such a, I've loved this conversation so much. Uh, thank yeah. you for your time and your perspective. Tell us where we can find you and how we can support you and maybe, you know, what some of your upcoming races are. Sure, sure. Uh, so uh, I am owner of the Crazy Legs Race Series. So your best bet, just uh, put Crazy Legs Race Series in the, the Google machine and it'll tell you everything. Uh, we're on Facebook and social media, Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Um, in terms of races, well, uh, I will be out in Colorado <laughs> for my next one, but you're always welcome to come down. Uh, that's June 5th in Loveland, Colorado, uh, but more local. Uh, we have the Love is Love a 5K run walk, which occurs at uh, Blum County Park on June 23rd. Um, and again, if you go on to the Facebook stuff, it'll say all the information. And then I think in... Um, uh, we have the Jenny Hamilton five miler memorial run at uh, Stony Run Park in Hebron. And that's, I believe, July 11th. So those are my two ones that are coming up. Um, I'll have more. Usually I take a break for the summer um, just because I'm running ultras at that time. And then I'll be back in the, the fall. But those are the next the next two ones, uh, local ones, except for the Colorado one. So. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I can't wait to share this with whoever is willing to listen <laughs> once I publish this and, um, and share the conversation with other people. Thank you, Paul, uh, so much for your time today. No problem. I'll see you soon. All righty. That was amazing. I can't tell you enough how much I loved that conversation with Paul. If you enjoyed it as well, please rate, review, and at the very least, share with other people. That's how we grow. That's how I'm continuing to be able to show up with you every week is by you telling other people about it and continuing to listen yourself. I appreciate you so much, and I hope you're getting just as much out of these conversations as I am. Look in the show notes for ways to stay connected with Paul and myself. And we will see you again next Thursday. Bye, friends.